We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Closet of Unknown Facts. You may have known my silky voice from all my call-in segments on various other podcasts, but I'm the main man, Gary C. I'm here with my own show, finally. What this show gonna be about? It's gonna be all the nuggets and gems of entertainment that has slipped through the cracks, been locked away behind closed doors, and now finally is being unleashed back onto the public again. Today I have a very special co-host. I'm glad he could be joining me. Special co-host, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Everybody, this is the moose. You know me, it's gonna be amazing. Phantasmagorical. I'm coming from my own show. Not only do I have my own podcast, I got a Vimo video channel. I got Redneck VHS Roundup. And being my partner, Phil D's Balls was unavailable today. I'm here with my main man, Gary C. And gonna talk about all the entertainment out there in 1080p. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Moose. Tell tell us how long have you been doing your Vimeo channel, the Redneck VHS Roundup? I got over 2,500 videos, cousin, and we're covering them all. I just did the unboxing of the Betamax logos on the back, and I'm sitting there, and I got to ask, like I asked on my show, what you been drinking? Well, since you go ahead and extend me that courtesy, I'm sitting here drinking some green tea. I got my my Blitzenberg dry beer, because that's how we do it down here, down south. Okay, Moose. I know you've been waiting for me to start this show up. We've been in cahoots behind the scenes for the launch of this. I actually took a long while away from not just uh, calling in the podcast, not writing letters into emails and whatever. Is uh, I'm actually back now for the first time because I want to uncover the best entertainment that's ever been unleashed on the public. And today's topic, we're covering rich kids. Now, this is uh, part one of six. Today, we'll be covering... Today we'll be covering the legendary sitcom that changed the nation, 
starring Ricky Schroeder and John Hausman, Silver Spoons. Hold on a minute. Before we get going on that, I got to say something. There's this pro wrestler making these movies, cousin. And this guy is terrible. And everybody says, how you smell what he's cooking and how great he is. I'm talking about this Dave Bautista. And I've seen this movie, House of the Rising Sun. This movie is shit. Oh, come on now. Come on now. This is guy, he's a horrible actor and he doesn't do anything. I'm waiting for him to play the tooth fairy in the next movie. Come on now. I've been watching wrestling for many years and I know Dave Batista more than anything. He is a man of undeniable charisma and you can't keep him away from the, the lens of the camera just because he can't act or just because he chooses to do the worst possible movies. Tell tell me. Tell me. Tell you what? <laughs> tell me something. What you want me to tell you? I you what? This guy, I'm watching this movie, and it's is is Guardians of the Galaxy, starring a raccoon, dumber than anything, a Christopher Nolan. It wishes it had the balls to be the Amazing Spider-Man too. Ah, the. I, I don't know why you would have such a lifelong vendetta against Dave Batista like this. I mean, clearly he's no Jean-Claude Van Damme, but at the same time, he's a whole heck of a lot better than a lot of other actors out there like Christian Bale. I don't know about you followers, but I think Christian Bale stinks. His Batman movies, you watch them, he's barely Batman. What, he didn't want to fit into the costume or something? Plus, if you're watching the Batman, the last one, clearly a euphemism for the Lindenberg bombings. This movie in the beginning, it shows you he's got a bad judgment from the beginning because he hires a cat burglar to be a maid at his party. Doesn't even do background checks. I would say it's definitely uh, a euphemism for the 1940s. Because the scene where the the senator is in the uh, bar, he gets jumped by the uh, goons uh, sent by Bane. And uh, much like uh, the Nazis were unable to escape their fate, the senator gets trapped in the back room. There's even a deleted scene on the DVD where one of the goons puts his head into an oven. And I just found that too powerful to ignore socially. 
I'm telling you, it's the Christopher Nolan, the genius of Christopher Nolan, the film things that are gray and to take eight James Bond movies and make exception, inception, whatever, whatever phantasmagoria, amazing name they call that motherfucking movie is shit, too. Wow, nephew, you sure got a dirty mouth on you over there. I apologize. Now, I normally I don't I take the high road and don't stoop to the profanity. But when I'm talking about that gets my craw up, and especially when we're talking about Christopher Nolan and Dave Bautista. Oh, come on. We'll we'll have to revisit this Dave Bautista next time you're on the show. But I think you're really uh, you know, not giving him a fair shake and all. I mean, this man, you know, he did a lot of jobs in the ring for Triple H and Vince Man. He deserves a shot on the silver screen. I mean, have you seen this movie? The movie, The Man with the Smashing Hands or whatever it's called with Dariza. The Man with the Steel Knuckles. I have seen it. That movie is garbage. Well, Tell me, and this guy's bronze? If he was the rock, he'd be gold. Well, the 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 the, the rock is a completely different story. I mean, he's he's had a much more legitimate ascent in the starting. But Dave Batista, I mean, I think he's just somebody that we have to look out for. And he's gonna be in uh, the next James Bond movie, uh hopefully to be directed by Christopher Nolan. And uh talk about uh death defying things. Uh if you if you hear something on the microphone right there, that's just the whiskers from my beard, because I actually have the microphone uh, place right on my chin and my lips because I'm actually doing this podcast uh, followers out there for uh, knowing this podcast in the, in the inside of a trash can behind a pool hall because what happened was I was uh, at a Burger King today and there was a guy and his girlfriend and uh, the, the girl was just she was being I hate to say this but a, a real class A bitch and I looked at the guy and I said, you need to keep that whore's mouth shut unless you're going to let me stick my cock in it. Well, he didn't like that oh. too much. Oh. <laughs> he didn't like that too much. So he stepped to me. He threw a punch. I grabbed his arm. I snapped it like a piece of celery. Next thing I know, the counter girl at Burger King is screaming. She's grabbing the phone to call 911. I had to put a pinch on her back of her neck to knock her out. It was some jujitsu I learned when I was back in the third grade. I ran out of the restaurant before the police could arrive. I quickly ducked into this dumpster behind the pool hall, and I kept the appointment that we had here to kick off the first ever episode of The Closet of Unknown Facts. Oh, man, here I am. I'm just sitting in my garage at midnight with the sunglasses on. Is the lights bright where you where you're sitting recording this podcast? I'm thinking it. I'm thinking of recording this and putting it on daily motion because I'm expanding the empire. So let me get this straight, Moose. You start out on Vimeo and now you're going to Daily Motion. What's next? Collegehumor.com. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking I'm going on that global UK YouTube. That could really get your followership up. But again, we're here for serious business. And uh, like I was saying before, I really want to dive into Silver Spoons. Here we are, face to face, a couple of 
find We're two of a kind Make it a go Make it grow Together We're gonna find our way Together Taking the time each day To learn all about Those things you just can't buy Two silver spoons together Silver Spoon, this show starring Ricky Schroeder and the guy that looks like a low-rim Buck Rogers. And that's funny because Aaron Gray is his girlfriend and she was Buck Rogers' girlfriend, cousin. That's right. There's clearly a lot of euphemisms at play here. Uh, for a lot of people that don't know the background, uh, Silver Spoons is a sitcom that aired on NBC from 82 to 86 and then continued for two more seasons and from 86 to 87 first run syndication. It was one of the shows much like In the Heat of the Night and uh, Charlie Bunker's, uh, Archie Bunker's house. It, it, it really dealt with the social issues of the time and the, the show, it really... Uh, was came out in a politically uh, a, a time of healing, uh, moving on from the the the, the, the debaucherous Carter administration to the Reagan glory days of the eighties. People they needed some entertainment that was going to show them the way, teach them some morals, and I think Silver Spoons really stepped up to the job. I mean, you got a man, and he got a choo-choo train in his house. And he drives the choo-choo around with his kid because he owns a toy company. And when Ricky Schroeder gives boy to school. Wait, wait, wait a second, Moose. Are you doing an impersonation of me right now? No, I'm not. I just got some chew to back it. I swallowed it wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I can get the feeling that you're making fun of me, cousin. Nephew, I will never make fun of you, especially not on the inaugural edition of the Closet of Unknown Facts. But you gotta remember, I take it personally. Well, don't. It's all in good fun here. Remember, I can make fun of you as much as I want to, and you're not allowed to get mad about it. So I'm just saying that this motherfucker on the train, on the choo-choo train playing Pac-Man, and Ricky Schroeder come to live with him. It's like Annie with white people. And he comes in, and in one episode, Ricky Schroeder gets beaten up at school. So he hires Mr. T. And that just shows you that the black man and the white child can be friends is a euphemism for the Black Panther March. The name is Mr. T. First name is Mr. Middle name is that period. Last name is T. Some people expect a free ride through life, cruising by on good looks and luck. Let me tell you something right now. It don't work that way. Hey, Mr. T here. Have you ever been accused of doing something you didn't do? Well, it happened to me in Mexico City, and I got thrown in jail for it. That's right. You're, you're talking about in the first season, episode number four, nephew, 
the episode appropriately titled Me and Mr. T, which aired on October 16th, 1982. I remember the night well. I was sitting at home doing some homework, and I caught the episode. And I got to say, once I saw it, I never saw African-American and Caucasian relations ever the same. It really was a bonding moment, a healing moment for our country, still recovering from the civil rights movement and struggles from the 1960s. I tell you what. There's not many shows that will be willing to tackle serious societal episodes and, uh, you know, take it into a way that everybody can relate to it. You think all Indians are the same? All Latinos the same? All Chinese the same? Well, Indians aren't the same either. Then they had an episode later when it was in syndication where, where the grandfather, the dude from the paper chase, he owned a toy company, and he wasn't doing a fair wage, and Ricky Schroeder and his friends went on strike. They wasn't even in a union. That is obviously it's a precursor to the whole Hoffa administration with Kennedy. Clearly, and, that, and that's what makes Silver Spoons such a special type of show is not only did they tackle the things that happened in you know American history I mean as far as I'm concerned I got a young boy I don't even think I'm going to send him to public school to learn history lessons of this country I might just download all the seasons of Silver Spoons from Amazon Instant Video On Demand you know that other show just got put out by the Shout Factory I'm talking about the facts of life that show is the complete series of silver spoons. <laughs> Pardon me, cousin. I'm drinking the beer in the garage. Yeah. I've seen some of your videos on Vimeo. Not only are you drinking, but I think you're probably sweating a lot in that garage, aren't you? It's hot. It's hot in here. I got to shine. I got. I, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm just sitting here, and I'm I'm thinking about going over later on to the slow hand radio and listening to some of those fine shows, except for the second run podcast. You don't like second run podcasts, which which by the way, you're talking about slow hand radio. Uh, uh, very very good friends of of ours. However, we are starting our own podcasting network called the Fat <laughs> Fast Foot Radio Network. That's a great idea. That's a great name. That's amazing. That's just fucking beautiful. And me and Phil on my balls is gonna be on here every eight months, and we're gonna be bringing you a live show Sunday mornings at eight a.m. Why? Why would you record your show so early, Moose? I have no idea. All right, let's get back. <laughs> is there something you wanted to say about the source <laughs> over from Slow I Henry? I just can't listen to that show because I was not conceived in Stonehenge. Well, I think that probably <laughs> is the pre- <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> it's dusty here. I'm still in this dumpster. I think somebody threw a bucket of half-eaten KFC in here. Because not only is it starting to stink, but I think I felt the hand of a possum crawling up my leg. (laughs) I got my Marlboro Red choking me. (laughs) 
you know, the other day, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the TV, and I'm watching the the Marvel comic Avengers in 3D, and that movie's so bright, and then I put on this this fucking Expendables 2, and it looked like they filmed it in a cloudy Seattle suburb. Yes, it did. Both those films you can get at uh, Amazon. I picked them up about five or six dollars each. Uh, yeah, worth picking up, putting in the collection. You know what else I hate? Well, we on the topic, baby. Might as well let it out here before we have to talk about uh, episode number forty-two of Silver Spoon Spare the Rod, which debuted March twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty-four. This is where. Uh, Ricky discovers his accident-prone friend Toby is actually a victim of child abuse. So it's a good time to go ahead and get into what's uh, getting stuck in your crawl there, Moose. Jonah Hill, the love for that Jonah Hill with the fake teeth. In that movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, he's up playing a fat Jewish man. He's just a fat. He let the chompers do the work. Oh, come on now. When, when 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 I bought the Wolf of Wall Street from Amazon, you can pick it up now for about five or six bucks. Put it in the collection. When I picked it up, I thought Jonah Hill did a great job. I'm a I'm a big fan of his earlier work, The Sitter. I, I think they should make a whole Sitter franchise. If anything, they should team him up with Dave Bautista because you have a short little fat man who brings the funny, and you have a big, strong man with undeniable charisma. That's a just a recipe for box office gold right there, nephew. What are you talking about bringing the charisma? The man ain't bringing nothing. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree, agree uh, for now, because we got a whole lot. Uh, we got actually over 116 episodes of Silver Spoons to recap tonight, nephew. And his friend was the his friend Toby. Toby like Toby Keith, baby. He was getting beat by his daddy. And Ricky Schroeder drove the train to the tracks and saved him. Where did that train go? It's actually uh, currently um, in a train museum, and um, I can't no, remember. I mean, where did it go in the house, cousin? Yeah, they never were really uh, too uh, clear on that. But if you watch closely, it actually goes through the the kitchen to the backyard patio to the living room and loops around again somehow upstairs to the bedrooms. I never quite understood how they were doing that. Then when the dad got married to Erin Gray, she made him get rid of the choo-choo and the video games. What a bitch. But and why didn't she ever wear her Buck Rogers costume on there? She used to be hot. Not like that fat bitch Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> Kelly Kelly LeBrock never had the beauty that Aaron Gray did. But then again, Aaron Gray, for my money, she was never you know, when it comes to sitcom stars, she was never as hot as Roseanne Barr. Let me tell you, ever since I was a little boy, I had a crush on Roseanne Barr. I used to dream of walking down uh, in the morning and find her naked making waffles in my house. I think you're drinking too much of that green tea, Timmy. (laughs) It is good. So... 
So getting back to the soup. That beer sounds like it tastes really good. That was my tomato soup, you tomato brain. That's a, that's an unusual choice. Um, myself, I just stick with the green tea while I'm doing podcasts. You know, it has a lot of Chinese herbs in it. It, 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 it keeps keeps the hair healthy. I'm trying to grow a ponytail. I apologize to all the listeners. The asthma's acting up on me. It's musty in this garage. I don't know why you want to produce all the entertainment in a dusty garage. Why don't you go to a nice living room or somewhere else? Because I got to go out in the garage. I don't know why it's Studio G. (laughs) I have to say... I can't really, uh, I can't really uh, say too much about it since I'm in a dumpster currently recording this episode. Be, be sh- oh, oh, wait a minute, wait, hold the phone, hold everything. I didn't tell you, I found the greatest thing to masturbate to. Really? And it's on Netflix. What is it? 30 on 30 with the boss, Brian Bosworth. <laughs> Do you, Moose, are you telling me that you have a strong attraction to muscle-bound men with uh, bleach-blonde mullets? Just to the boss. Just the boss? Just the boss. Not the boss teaster. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's, a good, that's a good distinction there. Uh, I'm sure our listeners were getting those two confused, considering one was in one film in the early 90s, and the Dave Batista is currently ruling the box office. What's he ruling the box office with? Guardians of the Galaxy. Still playing. But the movie's long done playing. <laughs> I'm sure th- I'm sure there's a few uh cheap theaters in your area, Moose, that still have it on a screen or two. Well, it could be, but I, I'm just wishing that the mom and pop video store would come back so I could watch it at the glory of the VHS. And then I could do a brand new video where I unbox the cardboard case. I'm sure that would get you many clicks on DailyMotion.com, but right now That's we need... That's the way you gotta do it, baby. Right now we gotta get to episode 91... This was Rick at 16. This episode came out in 1986 towards the end of the run of Silver Spoons. But basically the story was Rick trying to juggle two girls he invited to his 16th birthday party. One he wanted to invite, the other he accidentally invited. Now, Ricky Stratton the second here juggling two women. This was clearly a euphemism for what was going on with Kennedy with having sex with Jackie O during the day and sneaking out in the night to go into the back door of Marilyn Monroe. Wouldn't you agree, Moose? And I agree. I'd be going in the back door of Marilyn Monroe, too. I'm sure you would, nephew. I think, now do you remember the episode? I don't remember the number because my dial-up was fucking up. But there was an episode where they had a sleepover with Rick and all his friends. And they put the frogs in Freddy's sleeping bag and he got scared and they all made fun of him. 
and he accidentally had left his tape recorder on and heard Ricky say he didn't like him. But then at the end, Ricky manned up and Freddie tap danced, thus obliterating bullying. I do remember that episode. It was called Attack of the Giant Frog People, and it was shown on October 22nd, 1983. I remember it well because I just got home from a Menudo concert. That's right, I saw Menudo in concert with the original lineup that had the living the Vida Loca singer in it. He was only four years old, dancing on the stage like a trained monkey, and I saw it all. I cannot remember the last time, unless it was the Beatles, that could have been the last time, that there has been as much excitement stirred up about a young vocal group as there has been with our next guests. Making their first national television appearance in the United States, let's have a real big welcome for Menundo. I was in the mountain with a guy named Zeke drinking his shine. I don't even understand what you just said, nephew. I don't either. That's a good segue to the December 3rd, 83 episode, appropriately titled Menudo Madness, where to impress a girl, Ricky promises her that Menudo will be at his party. However, it was all just a lie. This clearly was a, a euphemism for the false lies told to the Native Americans back in the early days of this great country. I thought it was a euphemism for soup because Menudo is Mexican soup. <laughs> is it soup with noodles, though? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's got beans in it. <laughs> beans? Beans, not beans. Beans. I don't want to talk about Bane. That means I got to talk about Christopher Nolan. That's right. Speaking of Christopher Nolan. And if you ask me, The Dark Knight Rises is a euphemism for silver spoons. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. Clearly it is, and I would say Inception even takes it a step farther, because in Silver Spoons, you have a hierarchy of a rich grandfather, a rich father, and then a rich little boy, where trade secrets are bandied about, about a toy company, and there's clearly lots of um, corporate espionage, which goes on in in, in, uh, in the world here today, including uh, some of the... Uh, cases like Enron where you know officials were basically uh, trading uh, energy secrets and, and, and pre-planned outages to drive up the prices and the stocks and all that is clearly a phenomenon that Silver Spoons uh, predicted early on I have no idea what that meant well, that's a good that's a good way because we need to talk about all the principles men, which debuted on March tenth, nineteen eighty five. I remember that night well. I actually just got back from <laughs> Motley Crue concert. I didn't like Motley Crue; they weren't nearly as cool as Menudo or Wham. 
But I still went with my friends because, you know, even though I was clearly in grade school, I still wanted to be at all the hottest concerts in the northern Idaho area. On this episode, uh, Rick reports on a school's cable news show that his cafeteria is serving horse meat. And he has to decide between being... Who does that? What sitcom serves horse meat in the cafeteria? And he has to decide between being suspended or revealing his source. Again, this is clearly a reference, a euphemism for the Watergate scandal involving Richard Nixon. Did you happen to see the deleted scene when he was on the TV? And his co-host, I think it was Jason Bateman, and he said, there's a horse meat in the lunch. And Ricky looked at him and went, holy shit, let's talk about it then. I didn't see that, but that's a good time to talk about the Silver Spoons cast and the revolving door of actors. Because, you know, this being a serious sitcom, as we said, taking on the... the um, problems that america was facing over the previous 30 years of american history you know not everybody was going to uh, uh make the cut for example the basic cast uh you had edward stratton the original played by john hausman edward stratton the second played by joe higgins ricky schroeder aaron gray these were the people who were on the entire run but there was a revolving uh door of uh stars like jason bateman who played ricky's uh evil tentatious uh, uh best friend Derek taylor he only lasted through seasons one and two uh there was also leonard lightfoot who played the uh attorney and accountant for uh edward stratton so he only lasted one season and they quickly replaced him with franklin seals who played dexter stuffins for seasons two and five franklin seals it is a note uh fortunately passed away in 1990 at the tender age of 37 of complications to aids so clearly who knows you know how he contracted disease but clearly uh, silver spoons behind the scenes they were not afraid to uh, get people in there who were battling you know uh, contentious diseases things that were political highlights of the 1980s you know they did not shy away they wanted to bring in the cast and the actors who could really bring these hard-hitting drama uh th- you know 28 minute dramas to life People like Alfonso Ribeiro. That's right. He came in seasons three through five, and uh, they had to wait a little while for his controversy with Michael Jackson to die down. But once it did, they brought him in as the breakdancing new friend to replace uh, Jason Bateman because uh, America, just like they wanted to see Richard Nixon get his comeuppance, they also wanted to see the evil temptatious friend Derek Taylor get his comeuppance as well. And we can't. And, and, and my, in my crazy, in my hallucinating was William Jacoby, one of his friends, starring a great, just one of the guys. Yes, he was. He played Brad, but he was only on seasons four through five before the spotlight and the heat got to him, and he had a bandit ship. But I, I do want to give. He flew the coop. He did. I do want to give credit to Corky Pigeon as Freddie Lippin Coddleman. That that we talked about earlier, uh, a gifted young actor always playing a disadvantaged child that everyone make fun of, and I don't know what was more unfortunate, his real name or his character's name. You could have flipped a coin and used either one in the show. Didn't he commit suicide? Didn't he hang himself from a tree? I've actually never heard that, but I'll take your word for it. Or was that. that Boner from Growing Pains? Yeah, that was Boner, unfortunately. Corky Pigeon. The Kirk Cameron would have been into the Jesus back then. 
That's right. Corky Pigeon uh, uh, constantly um, getting uh, uh, mistaken for the boy from the Christmas story, but it was not him. That was Peter Billingsley. I constantly mistaken from the kid from Life Goes On. <laughs> Just because they had the same name, Corky. That could be it. Uh, that guy probably a Facebook darling. He could, he could be. A little bit of trivia for you here. The uh, the house that they always show in the exterior of the Stratton Mansion is actually a, um, a period English house uh, located in Warwickshire, England. So it's not even an American house. That, that, that shows how strong the deceptions and the lies of Silver Spoons was going to fool the, the young public of America. I just... It doesn't make sense why they there's plenty of houses down here in Kentucky. They could have filmed it there, but I don't think that would have had the background of the affluence and, and you know the the old time old money nature that they wanted the Strattons to have. But I know I have my house alone. My neighbor has his own peer. I see him reading the books. <laughs> well that's <laughs> That's that's good, cause cause you you would wanna uh, jump off a pier if you knew that Silver Spoons originally started as an adaptation of the Dudley Moore film Arthur, but they were afraid to uh, have a sitcom revolving around a character's constantly drinking, so then they turned the character into Edward Stratton the Third, which became Ricky Schroeder. How do you go from the idea? Of, of of a alcoholic British man in his late forties, like Dudley Moore, to a nine year old boy like Ricky Schroeder, I have no concept. Tell me, little followers, who does that? I guess they were so busy with the commonopoly that day they got confused and got the scripts mixed up. That could be a possibility. I'm not used to drinking this much beer. It's, it sounds like it's starting to come up. Back on you, kind of the way that this possum is now working his way up my back and coming out my neck. I need to get out of this dumpster soon. The last episode I want to talk about is the third to last episode that uh, was ever produced for the show. And that's talking about episode 114 called Educating Rick. Rick and Brad, played by Billy Jacoby, they have more fun than they're permitted when they attend an open house weekend at an all-male college. Clearly, this was a euphemism for the gay marriage movement of the late 2000s. Who goes to an all-male college? (laughs) And how would you have... (laughs) crazy city folk. How would you have more fun than you're permitted at an all-male college? That just sounds nasty. (laughs) And don't forget, we got to talk about life goes on. Life Goes On, that's actually going to be a 21-part special that will be broadcasting on Easter morning. I can't wait to talk about that when he gets the job at the Burger King and he goes, pie is up. All right, so we're going to seal up the closet of unknown facts for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Silver Spoons, Moose? I got nothing else to say about silver spoons or different strokes or square pegs, any of that. I got to say, though, be sure to listen after the show. We got a special announcement from the GOAT, who I think this guy stealing my name. Is he take it personal. Is he stealing your stick, nephew? And this other guy named Corey G. 
Corey G. What are you going to say? Corey G, that sounds a whole lot like Gary C. I don't like him. Who are these He's imposters? Shady. You see me make my make my way in the podcasting world. Um clearly dripping testosterone i'm the man built for the job i'll steal your women i'll kick your ass i'll shove your your teeth down your throat i'm the baddest podcaster on the planet are you wearing your satin robe i am and i'm also wearing a pair of pink bunny slippers that i imported from the orient they have magical healing powers when i wear them i can briefly attain flight Holy shit, I'm just wearing my sunglasses and nipple tassels. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to our special sponsor guest. This, this podcast, The Closet of Unknown Fact, could not be made possible without the help of uh, our friends over at the Slow Hand Radio Network. Uh, even though we are starting the Fast Foot Radio Network to put them out of business we will give them a moment at the end of our show to announce what they have to announce. All right, so for the closet of unknown facts, signing off, I'm Gary C. I'm the most. Hey, Phil, why are you wearing that straw hat again? And we'll see you next week. Hello, closet of unknown facts listeners out there. This is the GOAT from Hillbilly DVD Reviews and Slow Hand Network, and I'm here joined by my good friend Corey G. Corey, how's it going? It's going real good. How are you? Great. We're here because we want to announce an historical event in the world of podcasting that will be coming soon only on the Slow Hand Radio Network. That's right. For the most romantic day of the year, Valentine's Day, we are putting up the most romantic film commentary of all time, and that's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And we're going to be joined by the source. That's right. You you have a bone to pick with the source, and you're going to do it live on air on a, mm-hmm. off, on a full-length DVD commentary for the Tommy Lee Wallace epic romance Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, aren't you? And let me tell you what, source, Mr. Stonehenge lover. You're dealing with the real man now. You ain't on no soft bowl of jelly on your show. You're going to be facing down with Corey G. And I'm going to find out where you conceived it, Stonehenge. What you love for Stonehenge? That's right. We're going to get to the bottom of all things Source and Stonehenge related on this DVD commentary. So, dump your girlfriend. Get divorced from your wife. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. And get to slowhandradio.com on February 14th, Valentine's Day, to listen to the Halloween 3 Season of the Witch DVD commentary battle royale featuring myself, the GOAT, Corey G, and the one and only source from the Second Run Podcast. Corey G, it's going to be a hot summer. So please don't brag. Only fools brag. Bragging just shows you can shoot off your big mouth. If you're great, people will know it. You don't have to tell them anything. Just like I don't have to tell you. Understand? <laughs>